Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. All right, we haven't done listen, right. we haven't done one of these while. This is called trading spaces. So so here's the deal. Um, you know, CME and is uh the proud sponsor of On the Tape Podcast, Danny, Guy, and myself. Um, are the co-hosts. It drops every Friday morning in your favorite podcast stores. We also have an off the tape that has been dropping every other Monday. So please subscribe. That is sponsored by our good friends at iConnections also. So we do these things just to let off a little steam on a Friday afternoon. Danny, what's on your mind right now? Because you were... You were, uh, I don't know, on the podcast. I mean, people will kind of make their own minds up. We had, <laughs> we had Liz Young on with us. We were in studio. You had just gotten back from Miami, Florida with our friend Brady Cobb, who's been on the podcast many times. You guys just closed on a cannabis deal. Um, you had the yeah. closing party, and it seems like you had yet to recover. But let's let's let, no. let what what happened was what? I thought Guy was going to be sitting across from yeah. me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't make it in. So he wasn't IRL with yeah. us. Right. Yeah. And then I see Liz across from me and I realize I got it's a different element. Yeah. Right. I can't I can't I got to act a certain way. So way. And I just found myself kind of starting out being very, you know, in the box, so to speak, and just trying to be objective. But halfway through that podcast, you heard what I said. I go, that's it. I can't pretend anymore. I'm full out bearish. I, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I tried. I try to stay objective and I look at numbers and uh, and she's great because she has data and statistics and she's really good at behavioral finance. And I just kind of met my match there and whatever. But it's all good because I think, well, it's all not good. Guy, guy all- do you have any opinions on, on Danny's uh, on his game day prep and, and, and kind of like- I love it. Can I say something? It makes me so happy. This is sort of inside baseball shit. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that word. Yeah, but you I can. Did, so it yeah, really it's your matter. podcast. But so when Danny was, came on CNBC's Fast Money a couple of weeks ago, um, I was there just hanging out in the foyer, as they say, whatever I was doing. And Danny walked in. He's like sweating like Paris Hilton about to take the SATs, which, by the way, very funny. Anyhow, you know, he's got like a ream of paper. I'm like, what the hell is that? He's like, these are my notes. I'm like, notes? I mean, he, you were like reading to yourself. It was making me nervous. He, wa- he wasn't reading to himself. It's than anybody. And I want to let you guys down, so you know. No, and you actually it. you killed it, and you know people were tweeting at us during the show because guy, you and I were both on the desk, and Melissa Lee, our host, really enjoys Danny's commentary, and people were saying to us, the three of us look kind of giddy there. So it was an on the tape takeover of Fast Money. All right, let's do it, guys, because. You know, this morning I was saying to Guy, you know, I had bought some weekly puts in the SPY, the 410 strike, um, probably earlier in the week. And I was really playing for this sort of move and, and you know, after the thing. Now, it's not a great trade for me right here. At least I had the opportunity to get out of them uh, this afternoon here. I did roll them to some QQQ puts for next week. But we got a good old-fashioned, you know, sell-off here uh, in a big one in the equity market. And when you think about it, I'm just going to kind of set the table here. 
Um, you know, we have yields not moving a whole heck of a lot, right? We got the 10-year at 303. Guy, your high yield is down. You've been saying for a week or two, keep an eye on the HYG, the ETF that tracks um, the high yield index. Not great, right? Gold can't rally, Danny. Your gold can't get out of its own way. The Dixie is basically the U.S. dollar index at 20-year highs. The Bitcoin just seems like a big fugazi here. Can't do anything. Um, so, guys, crude oil above 90 Thoughts here, because this is a horrible close. They can't save them the last hour of the day today. And are we going to have a follow through into Monday? And does this start the beginning of a retracement of this massive, ridiculous move that we've seen over the last two months or so? Guy, I'll let you start. I'll I'll come in after you. I was was really enjoying the setup for this as well done. By the way, Dan, you've done this long enough to know when you when you ask an open ended question. Yeah, yeah. Direct it. Participants, you need to direct. In other words, guy, you know, you see the HYG down, that prompts me to be able to speak. Well, that's why we're just expecting you to just come in. All right, so just come in. Hey, Amanda, we're going to have to cut that little bit uh, for the podcast store. All right, guy. Uh, guy, what's your thoughts here in the close? <laughs> I thought we'd see a bounce around 2 o'clock. That didn't happen. The fact that we haven't bounced literally at all today, other than that stupid bounce right after the um, speech, is somewhat disturbing. And I we've been talking about it. The setup into this given the fact that the S&P rallied from June 16th low of 36.35 to north of 4,300, was not good. And the only thing that changed was the market went higher. All the problems with companies and all the problems with the economy, they don't magically go away because stocks go higher. And I think people confuse that sometimes. So what do I think? I think it's exactly what we thought would happen. It happened about three weeks later than I thought it would. But here we are. And I do think the VIX continues to climb higher. I've said for a while that the HYG is something that you absolutely have to watch. That's rolling over again. Credit has not been on anybody's radar screen. It should be. There was a Wall Street Journal article about 20 million households in the United States are going to have difficulties and or not be able to pay their utility bills. That's a problem. Credit card debt is now north of a trillion with a T dollars in the United States, which is ridiculous. I think there have been some 200 or so million new credit cards open since April, which is preposterous if you want me to keep using adjectives. Yeah, the setup isn't great. And I'm not anti-American. And please don't at me on Twitter. You're always negative. You know, I'm just not into it on a Friday because I'm feeling really good right now. But with that said, that's what's going on. Over to you, Danny Moses. All right. So I think it's safe to say, or at least I think it's safe to say that we've seen the highs for this cycle in terms of the move we had back to kind of guy had called it right 4300 we kind of touched that and now we're off of that if you look back i think we're down what 14 15 percent for the year now on the s p you basically got a stagflation speech from Powell, right it's like i see you know certain parts of the economy are slowing i don't care um i'm going to keep raising rates and they had to maintain this this type of credibility i do think if there's enough pain we're, we're nowhere near the level to start having that type of conversation about the fed taking their foot off of the pedal because of what's happening in the equity markets, um, you know, and the whole wealth effect. Right? But I think that comes probably at the 35, 3400 level. And do I think we're going to make new lows? I, I really do. And we are going to now move. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday. We're going to move more into a fundamental tape. I think we've now seen how this setup's going to be for the next three and a half weeks into the next Fed meeting. doesn't matter if it's 50, 75 or even 25 at this point. If they were to only go 25, you got to think to yourself, what happened between now and September 21st or whatever that is that make them only go 25? It would be 
either a cataclysmic sell-off in the market or just a real slowdown in the economy. So I'm starting to look at names. I mean, there are names out there, and there will be names on the long side that will be good. But, you know, Bed Bath Beyond is zero. Like, the equity is worthless. Yes, it's trading at 1080 because you can't get a borrow right now. I get it. But if any of you out there are along that stock, you're kidding yourself, right? A lot of these names, when your debt trades at 30 to 35 cents and you're getting rescue financing from, you know, someone in J.P. Morgan holds your asset back line, don't just, I can tell you what's going to happen. So stuff like that that I still see, again, again, we're not near the bottom because those things are still, still have value to them. So a lot of things here, but this is now a time to stop, to stop focusing on the macro and start focus on the micro because with oil up today and rates slightly up or not moving lower, I should say, I would think the one thing you would want to see if you were bullish in the market right now on this sell-off would be oil coming in and rates coming in, and that's not happening. So are we setting up, yeah. for, a, are we setting up for a Monday debacle? I don't know. We've had a lot of these kind of Friday sell-offs over the course of this market. I don't know. Is it possible? Well, what saves it, I guess, at this point, um, you know, the Fed's, there's nothing that's going to come out of the Fed or over the weekend, any commentary. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Really... Those cats, can I tell you something? Those dudes yeah. are done. They should just shut, you know, you know yeah, what? They're done. Yeah. Well, they're, they, they, they are done. They're, they're, they're now off. They're, they're fly fishing for the rest of the weekend or whatever. I, I do think, I do think it's amazing if you look at the S&P 500, and we've been talking about it. Obviously, Carter contributes to our market calls that Guy and I do, and Danny pops in um, that we do um, live streaming on Twitter um, at 1 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Thursday. And he drew the lines two weeks ago. He drew a line from the January 2nd high in the SPX. He attached it to the late March high, um, and I think it was March 29th. And really, I mean, to the penny, as he likes to say, on August 16th. And that is exactly where the 200-day moving average was. And that's where we got rejected. And also, you know, 4,200 was Guy's target when he was calling for a move off of that kind of 3,650 level or whatever in June. And you know what was interesting about 4,200, Guy? It was the exact midpoint of the range this year uh, in 2022, from the high at 4,800 to the low down there at 3,600. And it just seemed like a really logical level. That's where we felt today um, at the high. So to the downside, you know, Danny, you're saying focus on companies. Okay. So we got a bunch of earnings this week and they were kind of all over the map, but there was a bunch of SaaS companies here. We talked about it a little bit. We don't have to go into it. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning because we talked a little bit about it. But I guess what I would say is that, you know, Q2 earnings that we got in late July and early August weren't as bad as people expected, partially because estimates had been coming down. We had some negative pre-announcements by some big names late in the quarter. And therefore you had this situation where the stock market had already careened lower into mid-June. We had a lot of negative sentiment bared up with the Fed, right, when we had that mid that move in mid-June. So we had this kind of relief rally or so. Now, I think this is the really dangerous part of the year because I think the market sell-off was very orderly into that late June kind of collapse, right? And so now a lot of people are off sides and they're expecting a lot of company data earnings to get better. Well, you guys saw the um, article, I think it was in the journal about peak margins. I mean, margins have never been better. Well, now we have all these inflationary pressures that guy would say is you know persistent, they're sticking around here. That's going to hit margins. They've been able to pass it through so far to consumers. But some of the stuff that I took away, and we heard it from 
Salesforce, we heard it from Dell. Um, I think we heard it from kind of NVIDIA, what they're saying about the data center. Enterprise spending is slowing and it hasn't really been, I, I don't think it's been, um, there hasn't been really punctuated yet. And I think that's a Q3 story. And I think, Danny, if you think we're going to make new lows, I think that is the story that takes us into the lows at some point in September and October. Yeah, listen, I've said before that when this month started, I said August has a tendency to be very volatile when there's an excuse to be volatile, right? We've seen it. We saw it in 11. We saw it in 15. saw it a few years ago. And there, there's probably a reason for that, right? It's kind, of, it's kind of between the quarters, right? You're kind of coming off of the second quarter earnings. You're heading into the kind of mid-third quarter. And to your point, um, when you start getting those numbers or pre-announcements that might happen as early as September, we're getting real-time data on retail, right? We're, we're seeing that. We're seeing that kind of on a weekly basis, whether it's retail sales, whether it's companies that are talking about people using their credit cards more than cash. You, Dollar Tree and Walmart are both talking about the middle and upper class. They're starting to gain those consumers. Good, good for them, but bad, bad sign for the economy. And listen, I'll just, in a nutshell, I'll turn it over to Guy here, but we started, talk, we started talking about inflation a while ago. You have two choices as a company. You can eat it and take a hit to margins, or you can try to pass it on to the consumer. If you can successfully pass it on to the consumer, that by definition is inflationary, right, for the economy. So it kind of a um, double-edged sword here on that. So, yeah, does not make me bullish. That's for sure. So, Nor I, should it. Nor yeah. should it. And, again, you know, you people out there say you're a hater, and I am. I mean, it's, as I've said a number of times, I, there's, I will say this here for you who have never heard me say it. There, history books will talk about the villains of the 21st century, and there are many. At the top of that list, Danny Moses, will be central bankers because they think they know more than everybody else and they can somehow control shit that they can't control. Did you happen to see, Danny, and this is a rhetorical question. There's an H in rhetorical, by the way, for you spelling majors out there. Uh, the inflation data out of Germany recently. Yeah, Did it's a nightmare. That? Yeah. By the way, Germany is but not... Zimbabwe. That's the fifth largest economy in the world. Just putting just to keep things in perspective. I mean, it's let, mad, global madness. Let me just so, say something. And I will never defend the Fed governors, whatever. But who cares anymore? It's, it, it is what it is. They kind of gave you the roadmap. Now you got to deal with it. So it's not it's not that I don't want to blame them for certain things. I would blame them for the programs that, Bern, you know, Bernanke and Janet Yellen continued over a period of time. They waited way too long and let this stuff kind of build up here. But it is what it is at this point. So we got to just deal with, yeah. with that. And with that, I, like I just said a few minutes ago, it's time to focus on the micro and know what you own. And this passive investing stuff, Guy and Dan, and all this oh. stuff, and feeling like comfort in, in groups, in large groups, it's bullshit. I, I put that SEC thing out for a reason today about that quiz thing that they have on the website. There wasn't one comment in those questions they had about That was you, awesome. That was really, no, no. You, you nailed it. I mean, the, honestly, though, I think, hey, man, have we clipped that yet and put Danny's rod out from By today's... the way, I got a haircut, speaking of clips. Oh, can, nice. can, we get, can we get some eyes on that? No, but seriously, it was all yeah. about index funds and, and target funds and ETFs. It was nothing about individual yeah. securities. And that tells you, no, that, that's what people own, and I get it, but that tells you kind of where we are. Yeah. So, All right, let's talk about you, – you, you keep saying the micro, know what you own. I mean, here's a couple names that I'm really focused on here, guys, because Disney's filled in that whole gap, right? So Disney had rallied – Guy, where did it rally from? About like 90 bucks. 89 to 126. Yeah. yeah. And it closed at 112 before those earnings. People really liked those earnings, had that big gap. Hey, guy, will you put mute on right now? You're like blowing us up here. Um, and then it then it it filled in the gap here. And that stock is still up. It's at 115 or so, 114 and a half right here. I think like 
keep an eye on some of these stocks that ran into their earnings. The, their earnings and guidance were perceived to be pretty good here. I think those are really interesting. Another one, JP Morgan. Um, Danny, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I mean, to me, this has been telling the story of the market all year, the massive underperformance that we saw in the first couple months was really a precursor for broader, you know, large cap weakness. And I think it says a lot about what expectations are. I know that Jamie Dimon has been all over the map as far as what he sees is storm clouds, this, that, the other thing, you know, that if, if JP Morgan breaks 110 and it's not far from here, I think, you know, we're, we're making new lows here lights out there. I think there's a bunch of these really, um, these tech stocks that, um, you know, like I, I bought a bunch of things. I bought Snap. I bought Meta. I bought Netflix, a, a few other names, Shopify. They all had big rallies here and off of those May, June lows. But some of these look like they're about to make new lows. Um, so just talk to me, Danny. Like, are there names that you're watching closely that might indicate that things could accelerate to the downside in the stock market? Well, credit spreads are basically you're going to how most of these Wall Street banks are going to track, right? So Liz talked about it yesterday. We kind of had had some type of reprieve in these credit spreads widening about a month ago. Rates came in and people thought, okay, that's an all clear. And you saw the rally in the banks, right? A little, you know, certainly off of those lows and they had moved. And now something like this happens again. And you start to think about with rates moving higher at the same time, it's like, all right, there goes your M&A. There goes your IPO calendar, right? So certainly it doesn't take genius to figure out like what how, how to trade these banks other names i'm kind of watching obviously you're 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 seeing slowdown on an incremental basis when salesforce announces a 10 billion dollar buyback great good for them is that what you want to see at a company that trades at a multiple like that that's not what you want to see is it nice to have in your back pocket yes but could it trade down 20 to 30 percent easily and again dan i'll just go one more time on what i'm seeing and what i'm watching I'm finally starting to see the capitulation in these names that have no right that they don't that they don't trade on fundamentals and they're, they're yeah. known as meme stocks. And when I see those clean up, then I'll know that we're getting closer to a bottom. But it's not. So I mean, they are slowly, but it's coming. Well, at so, least you have yeah. at least you have crypto that did that. Hey, guy, um, talk to me about Walmart because at the end of July we had that. Um, you know, that that pre-announcement, the stock went from 132 to 120, filled in the gap within a week. Then it had a gap from 132 on the actual earnings. When they reported, the stock went to what? Above 140. Well, now it's filled in that gap. You know, the one point, and I love you, you gave all that data about what the consumer's doing. And, um, you know, the thing that I took away from that Walmart report was that Walmart was gaining share from a higher end consumer yeah. that was trading down. Talk to us about that. Well, it's not good i mean it's just it's not a good sign people will i think there'll be some people say that's a great sign they got a new customer base no what it means is it's people getting strapped across different spectrums of earnings and it just speaks to exactly what's been going on i mean people have been the reason i get so exercised about the fed is because you know got screwed for so long it's the lower in the middle class on the front end and now they're getting screwed with inflation now so to walmart's point now they're starting to see people that are getting screwed at the top end of the spectrum, which is actually a little scary in terms of the stock. I mean, I'm not, it should go back down to that 118 level-ish that we would saw in early July or, or late June, early July. That would make a lot of sense because, quite frankly, the problems that they faced, they didn't fix them. I mean, all the, again, the only thing that got fixed was the stock went from basically 118 to, what, 140 or something? And now here we are. So... There's just not again. There's just not a lot of good things to be going you know, to yeah. grab hey, right now. Yeah, hey, yeah, Danny. Dan, I just want to say, like, so right now, a lot of investors are running screens and models for, you know, they're having their analysts say, all right, find the companies that have to 
refinance their debt in the next 18 months. Bring me those, right? And then you got to start to look at um, who's been buying back their stock hand over fist and who took who took loans out to do that, right? That's great. That's not a fundamental driver of a company, but it is a driver of what's been earnings. Those are not going to start to repeat. So by definition, there's certain names. And so when you start to think about the implications of, of what higher just higher rates alone has, right? And now, lastly, you're looking at the high yield market is now closed to certain companies. It's feast or famine. And if that's the case, right, there's a lot more downside for the bad names. And maybe you can come hide in the good names. But to me, that's going to be the theme going into kind of Q4 and Q1 is going to be, all right, who's able to access the debt markets and, you know, grow their businesses. Yeah. So it's, it's really key. Yeah. So it's funny. You keep talking about like, you're not going to know we're close to an end until some of these meme stocks and you and I go back and forth. I, I just think there's such a small sliver, you know, but I know what your point is. Your point is from a sentiment standpoint, it really speaks to what retail is interested in to me. And this is where we're going to get all fired up here, people. So strap in right oh, here. Oh boy. I don't even know it what's is, coming. It is Tesla. In Dude, early, obviously. In early August, 2020, the company announced a stock split, a five-for-one stock split, okay? You remember what the stock did? It ramped. It went from, I don't know, it went from, you ready for this? It went from 100 split adjusted, okay, to 150, uh, actually higher, 170, and then sold off in September 30%. The market melted up. Do you remember in August 2020, no one had any reason to, to you know, there was nothing fundamental. It was SoftBank. Remember, they, they got that gamma squeeze going and all yeah, that. Yeah, I remember, Dan. Stuff. Okay, so Tesla sold off 30% after that. Well, here we are. You know, we had this kind of move. At least, I think the three-for-one stock split that just went effective the other day, I think at least kept the stock bid for whatever reason here. I think this thing is about to really, uh, listen, I, I'm talking my book. I'm actually talking Danny's book because you're the one who got me short this thing. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think this thing. It's the I, king of the memes. I know what it is. It, yeah, well, there that is the Talk one. Yeah. That is the one. No, but that is the one that until that cracks, I don't believe. I don't like to mention it. We didn't mention it once on the podcast yesterday. I didn't take your bait when you started talking about EV charging stations in China. Didn't mm -hmm. come up. I tried to avoid it. We're 22 minutes in. Didn't come up, and now you want to bring it up. But listen, yes, it's everything that's that's been wrong about this market, right? It so, doesn't trade on fundamentals. So, so here's the thing. So we're yeah. going to start seeing calculations is the in Europe. down four, three and a half percent? I mean, yes. that's a big move. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, bought some, I bought some um, puts. You know what? The, the, the other day I fast money, and I'm, yeah. I, I, you know, it's Friday. So if you want to tune out because I'm <laughs> – but the other day on fast money um, – Carter was on, and that was a, basically the balls high of Apple. And he came on the show, and he talked about how you have to sell Apple. So Mel came to me, and I was feigning being on my phone. And she's like, oh, God, yeah. you know you're on TV right now. I said, yeah, give me a minute. I'm putting on some hedging strategy. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, You've been waiting for years to do that oh, one. I just killed myself. That might be the dumbest. Market's down 2.5%. I'm putting on some. Too late, sister. That should have been done last night's dinner. Anyway, sorry. So real quickly, though, Danny, on the Tesla, I think we're going to start seeing some calculations. You know, people have been quoting European natural gas in, in U.S. dollar in crude terms, and it's like trading at like 500 a barrel. Think about what it's going to cost to charge your Tesla in Europe with what's going on with electricity prices. It literally, for the first time, like it's inconceivable, right, that a tank of gas, you know, on, on a car like that – would be less than charging, right, in certain places, charging your car. I mean, your EVs. So it's a much bigger deal than that because you got to basically shut down the gigafactory in, in Germany, right? Because they're going to be rationing. You think they're going to let that thing run? Yeah. 
and I hear what you're saying. It's be more expensive potentially to charge the Tesla as or as much as it would be to fill it up with regular gasoline. So all that stuff's coming. I mean, China's slow down. So you had me at hello, obviously, on the Tesla. There's many other reasons, but it's not like it trades at 20 or 25 or 30 times earnings, right? It trades yeah. at a huge amount of revenue. So it, it will crack at some point. And the problem with that is everybody owns it. Retail owns it. That will be so where you guys hide? Where, Isn't where that, you... Wasn't that a line from uh, Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. No, you had me. You had, you had me, me at hello. Yeah, which yeah. was was that she didn't nail it. You know, what, guy, if you were on set, if you were Cameron Crowe, the director, or, uh-huh. or probably you would have been like, I, I think you rushed it, uh, Zellweger. I think you rushed it. Well, you know, like, Danny does that every once in a while. He run, and I try to sort of slow him down because he's got such <laughs> great stuff. But all right, yeah. hey guy, where we asked Liz this on the pod. You're gonna have to tune in. Uh, you don't have to go to the de- download it. Hey, listen, leave us a review on, on on the tape podcast. And you know what? If you leave us a review and you send Amanda contact at risk reversal a review, we'll say send you Jason Kander's book. We had a bunch of people do that. We sent out a lot of books for Jason Kander. He was a prior guest on the thing. But guy, where do you where do you get defensive here? Because what Danny's saying is, if you've enjoyed this nice rally, and there's plenty of stocks. You know, the S and P rallied nearly twenty percent, and there are plenty of stocks that rallied a lot more than that off of the lows. Danny, your point is take some off because you think we're going and going to make new lows and we can stay down for a while. There are no more V reversals, people, when the Fed is raising rates and doing QT. So, Guy, where do you get defensive? Because, you know, we talked it on Market Call earlier this week. I think correlations are about to go to one. And I and, yeah. you know, that's why I put that bearish position on XLU, which just made a new all-time high this week at a time where rates are higher than they've been in years and years. So I, I don't. Where, where do you hide? I don't know where you hide right well, now. You, you're not going to be hiding. You're definitely not going to be hiding anywhere, but places that still have value. And we've talked about this on the show. I mean, very quietly, a name like Northrop Grumman, which nobody talks about. We talk about it every once in a while in Fast Money. That stock not only made a 52-week high, made an all-time high within the last week or so. So aerospace defense stocks in the environment we find ourselves in are places you can be. I still think Big Cap Pharma has huge value in this environment. And although they probably sold off a little today, they've outperformed relative to the broader market. So those are two places. And I'm probably the only asshole out there that still thinks crude oil is going significantly higher. And I still think you can be a lot of these levered energy names. So Hopefully that answers your question in a succinct and cogent manner. Danny, what are you doing? Look, where, I like where, where, where yeah, doing? pharma or health slash healthcare energy. Obviously, these stocks will never trade at where they should, these energy stocks, because people will always want to hedge themselves thinking that once crude comes in because there's some type of demand destruction or the economy slows down, you want to own them. But you can feel pretty good owning some of these energy stocks that literally trade it two times cash flow, four times earnings and are buying back stock, not by issuing debt with cash that is just running off. So you want to own cash-rich companies, healthy ones that maybe pay some type of dividend. And listen, I, I like the sin stocks here. You know, at some point, some of these gambling stocks, which have decent fundamentals you can own, and cannabis is, is finally showing life, and I think you'll get the safe. How do you play cannabis? Trip. How do you play cannabis? Well, I mean, there's, Danny there's, was there's playing a, cannabis yesterday during the podcast. Whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> listen, there's a, it's, really, it's really hard to play, but there's only a couple of these – ETFs. Yeah. I mean, single names you can play, but you're buying them on the peak sheet still because we haven't changed the freaking rules. But uh, you don't want to own the Canadian names to play cannabis. That I can tell you. You don't want to own the Tories of the world, but you can buy an MSOS or whatever if you want to feel safe to do it. And there's some other ancillary plays that are out there. But my, my point is that what sectors are going to be driving tax revenues for the foreseeable future? It's gambling and cannabis. I'll just say that. And without that, dividend paying cash rich companies, just again, know what you own. If you have bad, so- bad balance sheet, you're screwed. 
So a couple so. couple names this week. Um, we talked a little bit about some of those SaaS companies, but I think keep an eye on Salesforce and keep an eye on NVIDIA, um, both companies that, you know, NVIDIA, when they reported and guided down, they had already guided down for the court, the current quarter or the quarter that they just reported in revenue. So they did that, what, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, and then they guided uh, the current quarter down. It was a substantial guide down. It was at like 15% um, revenues. And, you know, like our, our experience in these things is like, these are not one quarter or one and a half quarter things. And so um, NVIDIA is likely to make a new low. Guy, what was that low uh, that it made uh, in early one, July? The, well, the 52-week low, if memory serves, is like yeah. 142 or thereabouts. The recent low, if memory serves, I want to say was 160, uh, what was it? 145 or something. So yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at my fact set. It's 137. So, guy, talk to me about like, did you think? Dude. Yeah, 137. Did you? So the stock's at 164 right now. Um, do you think? Am I am I right that this is an important company? Yes. It's a 400 plus billion dollar market cap company right. I mean, trading at a huge right. multiple of sales. You know, uh, for a semiconductor stock no, too. I mean, you know, you're right when you say that. I mean, the stock has been cut in half, more than cut in half. I mean, think about that for a second. This was a company we're talking about, the next trillion-dollar company that's now less than 500 built, which is still a significant company. It's an important company because it speaks to market sentiment without question. And it's an important company just in terms of what they do. Listen, they guided down on gaming revenue. Okay, we'll give them a pass. But this last quarter was not great. And at that valuation, it shouldn't be trading at this price. And this is something we've talked about for a while. So I'm not trying to get all bared up here we're just trying to point out some of the fallacies that are out there buy it you know own it don't trade and all that bullshit you hear but anyway back to what's you, your I'm target right. guy on uh apple you know they bought we talked about the market call I'll right so, now one so i bought the sep but this is okay so i bought the sep 16th expiration okay uh this was like uh, you know with like a little less than a month um i bought the 170 puts when the stock was 170 it's 164 now they're easily a double so what do i do i take half off that's just you know that's the way we do it here and so your target is down another 10 percent to 150 from here so that's i'm just going to trade with and you the guys. math there by the way when you have a double in something if you take half off you're in the rest for free and that's you know i didn't think there'd be math on this but that's just how yeah. that works and if you don't do it you're being foolish back to yeah you. yeah hey danny what do you make of you know that and, and i documented it on market call and on our podcast i i was you know finding some of these internet stocks that were down 50 percent on the year 80 percent from their highs you know the meta the netflix um snap was definitely one of them Shopify, you know, I bought a bunch of these in May and June. I was averaging in. It felt kind of dicey for a bit, but they had massive moves. You know, I took some profits um, in in most of them, but here we are now. And and I mentioned shop before. I mean, some of these snap. They look like they're going to make new lows. And and we make this point all the time. Just because a stock's down eighty percent, okay, from its highs, um, doesn't mean it can't get cut in half again. How do you think about some of those names? Um, and I know that you know you've been a critic of of the Arc um, ETF for a very very long time a bunch of the names that i bought are not in that um thoughts there on on trying to kind of pick a bottom or average into a bottom on some <laughs> names like that oceans 11 did you see that movie yeah andy garcia when he knows that they've stolen all the stuff what does he say yeah. to him yeah. run and hide yeah run and hide <laughs> I, if you buy a car i will find you i think andy yeah. is an underrated actor i do too but i will tell you yes but I, I would just say, yeah, I, I would just say, um, listen, you can own, you got to own quality here, Dan. So you're asking me yeah. any of those companies that don't make money right now or have no 
projected type growth to make money. You don't want to yeah. be in them. You just so don't. What, what are some other than energy? Okay. Yeah. What are some areas of the market that you would like to buy if we had S&P going through lows? Okay. That would be down 24% or something from the highs, you know, and at some point we get further into the fall. We've had a bloodletting as it relates to forward guidance when we start to get Q3 earnings and Q4 guidance. And then maybe yep. we're closer to the Fed kind of taking their foot off the pedal and yep. you start thinking about positioning for 2023. Where do you want to be? I mean, I, things like the builders, there's going to be a level, right? I mean, you can only have housing starts go down so much. You can only have permits go down so much. There always will be a secular demand for housing. So if all those things happen, Dan, rates probably come in. The builders were the first to get hit. They told you everything that was coming nine months ago. They told you what was going to be happening. It's one of the only rational sectors that's out there. So you want, and I know Liz talked about this, like key on where we are in the cycle. Yeah. Those things are going to get, I mean, they're getting washed out, but they're going to be at a point where, um, you can start to own things like that, yeah. right? Because it's not going to take a lot. So I guess what I'm saying is start to look at year-over-year comparisons. Something that happened that we talked about last year was after COVID, we knew that the 21 numbers were going to look extraordinary to what they versus 20, right? So you had growth, 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 just on a comp basis. Now you fast forward, it's going to be hard to replicate kind of the growth of that V, right? Just in terms of year-over-year earnings and Company. So we're going to get through that now. And then once yeah. you wash that through, there'll be names like the builders. I'm not saying go buy the builders here, but everything has its price. No, I got it. I, so, yeah. hey, Guy, this one's for you, buddy, because you had, oh, you've, had like a, you've had a really great call on rates. Based? No, oh, no, no, on rates. Right. Um, and so you thought rates, you know, you and I were on the other side of this. I didn't really think they were going to get to three and a half. And, and when they were one and a half, you thought they were going to go to two and a half. When they got to two and a half, you thought they were going to go to three and a half. And you did think they got a little bit overdone when they took out, this is the 10 year treasury yield, when they took out the 2018 highs. And when they got to three and a half, they literally turned on a dime and went down to 250. So if you watched our market call yesterday, Danny, I don't know if you did, Amanda will put it in the show notes. I put some lines on the 10-year treasury yield and I drew the neckline at 2.5%. That's going back to early April. And I drew a couple little squigglies guy on the kind of May high, the mm. June high, Wait and where we are now. And that looked like a head and shoulders top. And you know, Carter Braxton Worth of worthcharting.com, check it out, people. He had the similar chart uh, mm -hmm. yesterday. Did you see that guy, Dami? What, what, I love come Carter's on. work. No, I know, but no, no, no. I, I'm saying I did it on Wednesday. Well, you're, he you're did it on Thursday. I mean, no, it's a no. great mindset. So, so here talk you go. to us. What, yeah, give it to us. So this, I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. 112 was the low in the TLT-ish in November of 2018, I think we all remember uh, the fall of 2018. Dan, we talk about it all the time. Well, how if much did the stock market go down in, in Q4? It went down 19.9% from Halloween until Christmas Eve. By the way, you'd set me up again, and I know we got to get <laughs> out of here, but that was Jerome Powell, if you remember. He was very, it was his infancy as Fed chair. Yeah. And he came in and he correctly said at the time, okay, people, this is what we're doing. We're raising rates and we're reducing our balance sheet. And he used the term autopilot or something like that. And maybe he shouldn't have used it, but he was right. And I said it then and I'll say it now. That was, I loved that Jerome Powell. Like I would have married that cat from October until then he basically, he, be, he, he got spooked because the Trump administration scared him and the market scared him and he about faced. And that set us down a very dangerous path. At any rate, to answer your question, that's what happened. The market went down 19.9% in a straight line. With that said, the TLT bottomed around 112. 
Look at where the TLT recently bottomed. You have a great risk-reward trade on the long side in TLT going higher, Dan, which yeah. means, by definition, rates go so, lower. But not I'm, all rates. Yeah. Two-year yields are longer, longer, higher, lo- yeah. higher. What does that mean, Danny Moses? It means the yield curve so, continues to invert, invert. Yep. Yep. I'm going to tell you. Robinson. All right. I'm going to send Amanda the chart. She's going to put it in the show notes of the you TLT. You really shouldn't let me on these things. No, but hold on, hold on. But here's the deal with that chart, okay? If you look at the downtrend that was in, in place from the December highs in the TLT when it was uh, above one, it was about 155, and it lines up with that early March high, and then it lines up with the high of where it just was in early August at 120, you see that the low that it just made, okay, was a higher low from the June low, and you see that downtrend. You see what is now an upward sloping 50-day moving average. You get this thing as – as Amanda would say, you get this bish above Whoa. 120, and it's probably making a straight shot to that 200-day moving average near 129. And I'll tell you another thing, because I used to do the show. What was that show? Friday at 5.30's guy. That's action. Great yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, you, Coco, beware. Carter yeah. Braxton Worth. Who, by the way, Dan, if you want to tell the audience, who was then the, the – who was basically – the person on the bench for that show, like when you needed guy Adami was the, 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 he was, he was basically, if any of us was out, he was always on. We never had more fun than that. And he was not only my mom's favorite fast money trader, but I think on the days that you were on my mom's favorite options action trader, but I'll just say this, you know, TLT vol, if you're thinking about it in options terms, looking at express directional views is always pretty cheap here. And so, um, you know, like calls, call spreads look kind of attractive. So, so Dan, I, Dan, yeah. I don't understand your trade on, you know, the Utes here, if that's the case. Because, first of all, the cure for higher rates is higher rates, right? Well, well, I, well think- I know. So you're saying if yields are going to come in, then the utility is going to look more attractive. Mine is purely – and you want to talk about cheap vol in the XLU. I just bought puts. Um, the other day, they were just really cheap. They're some of the cheapest on the board. I get it. Equity. So that was just that trade. But I also said the correlations are going to go to one here. And so everything's going to get sold off here. Some may show some relative strength, but you know, that's how you get a little bit of a crescendo. And I'll just say this also is like, you know what, man, you know, you know, holiday shortened weeks and we're going to have one as Labor Day or a lot of people are going to be out next week. Well, the Fed did their thing. Maybe you see, what do you call those guys, Danny, the Friday night dirties? Maybe you Friday see it next yeah, maybe you see them next week when no one's really paying attention. But yeah. Monday could be really ugly for the stock market. We're going to close on the lows here, obviously. Um, and maybe they just stay down. And then September is just kind of a big mess here. So to me, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not playing things on a relative basis here. Stay I think down, things- Rock. Remember they yeah. said yeah. that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, I don't know. All right. should, we, should we wrap this thing up? I mean, this that was a lot of fun. Alone. Apparently, he was getting like a tattoo of his uh, a buckus. So we can all agree, no, none of us are buying the close for a bounce. Listen, when you close down 3% um, in the S&P, 3.5% in the NASDAQ or whatever we're going to be, you know, you might get like Monday morning up 1%, but man, oh man, watch out because that thing could fade pretty quickly, right? Um, so, you know, you want to see a follow through to the downside, let things get a bit overdone, and then maybe um, take a shot. It is there. time, Simba. It is, time. it is time. All right. All Danny, right. what are you doing with your kid out there in Wisco? Is he like taking you out to the bars? You, you Trying to live vicariously through him, moving him into the fraternity house. I have no idea what, you know, goes on, but you know, so yeah, yeah doing that this weekend. So all right, I'm going anyway. to see my good. daughter that I dropped just last week. We can't quit her. We're going to go um, back and see her for just a little bit. Um, Guy, what Love are you it. up to this weekend? 
I'm going to be studying charts. Um, I'm going to be watching. <laughs> I'm going to Blockbuster and writing the big short. You're the best. I haven't seen All it right, yet. guys. All right, All Danny. Right. Have fun. Guy Dom. Bye, everybody. Man, Amanda, thanks for setting us up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this Friday afternoon. And we will see you. Thanks to CME and iConnections for being sponsors of On the Tape. And check out On the Tape in the podcast stores. Download it. We had Liz Young, as Guy calls EY from SoFi, on this morning's drop. So check it out. Thanks. Bye.